0: Hello there and welcome to a special edition of the Hyperbaric Goat podcast. If you've joined us previously, you'll know that we've counted down our top 10 Only Fools and Horses episodes. In this particular episode, we're going to look at some of the episodes that are honourable mentions, shall we say, ones that nearly made the list but kind of missed out. My name's Bread Roll, and once again I'm here
1: with JT. Bonjour. Well, it's not bonjour, it's but you know, either or. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it the proper way, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you're listening to this
0: on the Monday, that means Christmas has passed, so we hope you had a lovely Christmas. It's actually Christmas Eve at time of recording, so we're both sat here, not together, but in our respective living rooms <laughs> with a
1: little tipple drink to celebrate the season. Indeed, just uh, getting ready to go into our uh, tier four of lockdown, if you know what that is, if you're in the UK. Happy days for me. I think you've avoided it, haven't you, Bread Roll, just?
0: I have, just about, um,
1: which is... <laughs> It's fucking it's
0: strange, I don't know, this whole tier system. Um, but yeah, it, I was thinking earlier, actually, where I used to live, I actually lived um, on the Hampshire Cross, so I could have literally been in tier four in my flat, crossed the road, and I'd have been in tier two, because I'd have been in a different county, so I don't know how it really yeah. works in those sort of situations.
1: Oh, it's mad. My um, my boss at work, she's 800 metres away from being in tier four, and she's only in tier two, where she is. Um, so yeah, madness. Yeah, because I'm tier two.
0: I know my mum, who lives down in Cornwall, they're going up to tier two, um, but I reckon we'll all be in tier four by the end of January. So, Well, now I've got an excuse not to go anywhere,
1: so, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, whatever tier you're in, we hope you had a lovely Christmas, um, speaking past tense, just for the sake that this goes out on a Monday. Whatever you got up to, whoever you managed to see. At the end of the day, you know, Christmas is what you make it. There will be other Christmases, but we hope you had a good time. And thank you once again for joining us for some more Hyperbaric goat time with the Only Fools and Horses episodes.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself, Bread Roll. This will be the last Only Fools and Horses episode for a while. We're moving on to other things in the new year, which we'll discuss at the end of this podcast, I'd say. Absolutely. So, um, as you know, for our... Our regular listeners, thank you
0: very much again for always tuning in and giving a bit of feedback on your thoughts of the episodes we've chosen and bearing with us as we kind of just blunder our way through trying to sound professional. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, when we originally decided to do this podcast, um, as alluded to in the first episode, JT, I think you explained it, um, but we kind of had a a top 10 each and we're going to discuss our top 10 list, but there would have been far too much crossover on that, So we just decided to do the definitive top 10. But there were some episodes that are worth mentioning for one reason or another, and a couple that we actually had to cut out because if a show as good as Only Fools, it is really hard to narrow it down to, you know, 10 favourite episodes when, as as Patrick Bateman once said while discussing Tina Turner, it's hard to choose a favourite among so many classics.
1: <laughs> That's very true. I mean, we, we actually, it was quite an amicable discussion. Good job with good friends because it could have got quite heated. I imagine it would have been like Brexit fucking arguing either <laughs> side of the table at one point but I mean, it was difficult to get it down to 10 and there was one that I had very high in the list that we actually left out of the top 10 altogether which I'll mention as we go through this podcast but I think we had a good mix in the end with the top 10 of we, we did hit series 6 quite heavily and rightly so to be fair in my mind yeah um, but we did try and vary it a bit with some older episodes as well absolutely um I was actually thinking about when I was just
0: putting you know the couple that we're going to discuss today at least on my end a couple of honorable mentions that I've got a lot of them are from some of the earlier seasons and again as we discussed the seasons one to three that had granddad um, before Uncle Albert came into it there were some good episodes they just granddad was just a weaker character than Albert which is why like you say like season sort of six just the the chemistry between everyone was so good and the writing was top notch it was hard not to really dominate a top 10 with season six because it was just so good
1: yeah i totally agree there just a little fact i picked up on earlier we we're talking about the earlier seasons we we're just talking about this before we started recording the first ever episode uh big brother uh aired eight, 8th of september 1981 had 9.2 million viewers obviously no one had ever heard of this program before the second episode a week later go west young man dropped down to 6.1 million, so they lost 3 million viewers in the first week. Um, so you can see it wasn't very well received when it first aired. Then it sort of hit the 7 million mark for the next few episodes, and peaked at 8.8 million for The Russians Are Coming, which was the last episode of Season 1, which actually is my least favourite Only Fools episode out of every single one. Mm. That's... 8.8 million that one had. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a terrible episode, but if there was one episode I could probably skip, it would be the Russians are coming. It's just never really gelled with me that one.
0: Yeah, there's some it's some interesting numbers, isn't it? Because as we've we mentioned before, those who've been listening would know we mentioned it, but it did take a little while for this show to pick up traction to the point where they're actually thinking of cancelling it. It was actually when Uncle Albert came in that it kind of kind of found its rhythm, if you will. Um. So yeah, it's yeah. Some interesting numbers. I'm thinking back to the first episode, Big Brother. It is good, but nothing. Truly remarkable happens in that episode. Does it? Because it's more about setting up the idea of who who the trotters are. It's introducing them, isn't it? Like the situation that they're yeah. in. So it doesn't really oh, yeah. get into like none of the catchphrases are known to anyone. None of the kind of side characters or the lingo. Any of it. None of it's kind of there. It's just a pure introductory episode, and it's only about twenty minutes long as well.
1: Uh, according to this, it's twenty nine minutes. So it's same running length as the rest. them. maybe it seems shorter. Trigger is the only other character that's introduced apart from, obviously, the Trotters. Um Yeah, it's like a pilot episode almost, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's also strange as well, because when Trigger's introduced in that episode, he's not quite the Trigger that we know. He's not quite the kind of slow halfway. No. He kind of hints at it, but he again, obviously, he hasn't quite formed the character as such yet. And another he's fact... almost. Sorry, carry on. Go on. No,
1: go. No, go, no. Hit your fact first. I'm. I'm interested in these facts. <laughs> uh, that,
0: well, that, just the fact there is that throughout the entire saga, Trigger is just always called Trigger, but his real name is actually Colin Ball. He is. He does have a real name. Like, he's always listed in, in the credits as Trigger, but officially his name is
1: Colin Ball. Yeah, that's good actually, because he's never been referenced to that in the actual program itself. Has he? Um, t- just going back to where you said Trigger didn't really, he wasn't really Trigger as we know him, and he's quite sinister in that first episode almost, isn't he? Yeah, and he's in the yeah. pub, so those briefcases, he's a bit Rodney's obviously wary of him, because he's like, why do they call him Trigger and stuff, so first time he's met him, but yeah, he's almost got a sinister air about him in that episode. He does, he's... Just before we do, sorry, I was going to say, just before we do move on with what we're going to talk about, we're digressing a little bit, but we are talking about Only Fools. Um, I read an article the other day and it really pissed me off now
0: i think a headline grab you're gonna um say
1: yeah yeah i I suspect you probably are the headline grabbed me it's obviously a bit of clickbait about someone being mortified is this the one yeah you, yeah right the, the first ever episode absolute bullshit so this fucking snowflake watched the first episode apparently 30 seconds in they were mortified and it, they, they 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 said it's another racist sinister show and i was like what the fuck are you on? Only Fools and Horses, racist and sinister. Yeah. Yes, okay, some of the language is unpc pc as we've discussed. It's 40 fucking years ago. Jesus. Do you know what I mean? It, it really wound me up. I, I skimmed through it in the end, so I couldn't actually sit there and read the whole thing. No,
0: I read that, and I thought, whoever wrote this just needs to get the fucking stick and pull it out of their ass and beat themselves over the head with it. You know, if you can't <laughs> fucking watch a TV show that's 40 years old that is all in good humour... You know, just fuck it. You've clearly got something fucking going wrong in your life, are not you? But all you want to do is just look to be fucking miserable. And then you actually get paid to write a shitty article yeah. like that about it. It's like, just yeah. fuck off. Fuck off a lot it of people. It just made me think. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. It just made me think, how does this person get up and function during the day? Yeah. If that if that upsets you so much, do you actually live? Do you watch the news? Do you go out? Well, fucking hell. I mean, you can't go out at the moment, but... <laughs> Jesus, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, let's move on, bread roll this could turn into a massive rant. It could, yeah. <laughs> and uh we'll save that for another podcast.
0: <laughs> the hype about go yeah, rant was...
1: about all the fucking
0: shit that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um just before <laughs> that we would actually be a long l- one. Yeah, it would be a long <laughs> one. Um just before again, before we actually get down to the episodes, but again, it is only fools and horses. You um I picked up on this and you mentioned it then, but in episode 1 when we meet Trigger that's Rodney's first introduction to him but Dell has known Trigger all his life so how would Rodney have only just met him then surely Trigger's been round the flat or they kind of he's known him
1: growing up yeah. and everything
0: because he's always like oh you
1: know yes Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But yeah, you're right. (laughs) I mean, it probably is, obviously, because it's a pilot episode. He's got to be introduced for the sake of the
0: audience. So it makes sense for Rodney to say, oh, you know, why did they call him Trigger and that? But I just suddenly thought it's like you would know who Trigger was because Trigger, Boise, Del and that, they're, you know, thick as thieves, aren't they? They're always together one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he he doesn't in the next episode when Boise is introduced with the E-Type Jag, he doesn't say, who's this? So we don't really get introduced to Boise in the same way we did Trigger, do we? No. Do just turns up it's Carlot and blags that E-type off him. <laughs> so, um, so Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, it's a strange one.
1: So without
0: further ado, let's actually look at some of the episodes that we deem to be honourable mentions. Would you like to kick us off, JT, with one from your list?
1: I can do. So I picked Happy Returns, which is uh, Series 4, Episode 1. Um, I just find this a really good episode. And you, you said about strained relations and stuff, and Series 4 was kind of, rewritten because granddad was, was ill at the time and obviously sadly passed away. Um so I don't know if this this was one I think you said was quite hastily written, isn't it? I believe. It was, yeah. This episode. Um because
0: I know I think it's I can't remember what one I said it was now, but I think T for three or from Prussia with Love, one or the other, was supposed to be in this season and then it got Pushed back. I think it was from Prussia with Love, you said. Yeah, and then that got pushed back because Leonard Pierce, as JT just said, the actor himself, um, was quite sick. And they didn't quite know what to do with the, se- the, um, the season or how they were going to do it or if they would be able to film it at all. But they obviously, the BBC were like, well, we need something because we've got a schedule to keep. So that episode
1: and Strained Relations were kind of just slapped together a bit hastily, really. Yeah, I I just find this. I mean, it's a bit of a standalone episode. It is when you analyse it as part of the actual series four. It is a standalone episode because obviously Albert's not in it. It's kind of a sort of limbo episode, isn't it, between Grandad and Albert coming into it. Um, but we get introduced to uh, Junie. Yeah, Junie June Snell, I believe her name is, who does pop up again in uh, the special, doesn't she? Which name now escapes me? Yes, I know which one. About though,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Rodney gets involved with the posh girl. Um, so Junior's in it. Rodney's actually in a relationship. We don't see Rodney, apart from Cassandra, in many relationships, do we? He he meets that girl in one of the episodes where Del kind of scares her off, and then Del ends up dating her to help Rodney.
0: Yeah, that's Irene. Um, and then there's to... long legs to Law, isn't it, when he
1: takes a copper out for um, a drink as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has, he has a few, like, dates, doesn't he? <laughs> but he doesn't really... This Debbie girl, apparently in this episode, he's been seeing for a while. He says, um, I actually think she's quite nice for an 80s girl as well. I've got a bit of a thing for her. Um, It's just, it's a bit of a, not silly episode, but it's it's quite well written as well. The way we we hear about Albie Littlewood all the way through the episode. And it turns out he was cheating on Dale. Well, he was, uh, yeah, Dale was cheating on his girlfriend. And Albie was cheating with Dale's girlfriend at the time. They were sort of crossing over, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Cheating on each other, as it were.
1: Yeah, Albie Littlewood's weird though, because he gets mentioned a lot in this episode, but doesn't ever get mentioned again, does he? No, and again, when they did um, Rock and Chips, Albie
0: Littlewood was quite a prominent character in that, because we know he he dies. Um, they explain in this episode that um he dies crossing the wel- railway lines, doesn't he? He Gets his bike caught in the lines or something, and gets electrocuted or something.
1: Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, going going to see um, well Junie. Yeah, because Dell. The, the crux of the story is Dell thinks Debbie's his daughter, and um. Rodney's dating Debbie, so obviously Dell alarm bell start ringing. This is a uh, what does he call it? In incense, Rodney. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously Rodney's dating her, and then he sort of finds he
0: kind of well, Dell puts two and two together and comes out of like fucking thirty eight, um, and
1: then suddenly you <laughs> <He> thinks... <laughs> can see why he thought it though. You know, nine nine months after they split up, she had the baby yeah. and stuff and everything. It all does add up, and in Dell's head, that's obviously gospel that he's the dad I love the fact that when he's like he tells Trigger and then he
0: tells Rodney as well like when he's actually explaining it and then they're like are you sure yeah but she's a pretty girl there <laughs> <Del's> just like his <laughs> face kind of drops and he goes yeah but you know she'd chip off the old block didn't she and tries to kind of like bring it back
1: yeah yeah there's there's some good little scenes between Dell and Rodney in this this sort of comedy scenes and then they get quite serious when Rodney thinks Dell was actually trying to get in with Debbie at one point before Dell. Turns around, and said, "She's my daughter." Yeah, and then, yeah, obviously she isn't in the end. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> you really feel for Rodney as well because he has that, like, that line, doesn't
0: he? And he's like, "I've met a girl who I really feel something for and want to go somewhere with and could spend my life with," and it turns out to be my bloody
1: niece. And it's just
0: like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah, it's just a good episode. It's it's um, like I say, it's kind of a, a limbo episode. It's sort of. Crosses the bridge between Granddad and Albert, but I, I really like it. It's always one that um, makes me laugh. I, so yeah, just I think it's. Um, no, I was going to say when you um, think of the episodes, it's quite
0: good that they did this episode and kind of addressed the fact that Granddad was ill and in hospital. Because yeah. if they'd have just come straight in with strained relations, it wouldn't have really given anyone a chance to kind of phase out Granddad if it were. Because obviously in this episode, they're like, "Oh, he's in hospital," and you know. He keeps moaning because the doctor keeps trying to take his hat off and stuff. and But it kind of let, it just lets the audience know that, yeah, all right, Grandad's not well in that. So then it wasn't just such a sudden, like,
1: oomph, we've replaced the character. They gave it a chance yeah, to kind no. of set in. Yeah, I agree. It did sort of set up for the fact that he was, he was going to be probably leaving the the programme altogether. So, yeah, just find it a, a good, fun episode. Um, And if it was hastily written, it was bloody written well in a quick time. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what like maybe um, when we say hastily
0: written, it could just mean that they had to make a few changes to it. Maybe it was like a, the the idea of the whole Junie thing was already there. They just had to change a few yeah. bits and slap it together, shuffle a few bits around, and to obviously make way for Albert, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, Grandad could have been written into the original script, and then obviously he couldn't couldn't be there to film it. So, but yeah, no, I thought it was it was worthy of a mention that one. No, and it job. starts off. Starts off Series 4 and then from then on, that's when I really remember The Only Fools, as we've always said. I mean, you've got some older episodes in here, obviously, and some of the older episodes are really good. And we had some in our top 10, but Series 4 for me is when it really started to pick up. And when I start, roughly remember watching it first time round. I mean, I'd just been starting secondary school at this time, so that's how old I am. <laughs> um So I, I would have been watching this and I can vaguely remember some of these episodes the first time. In the back of my fuddled alcohol fueled mind. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, yeah, one that
0: makes mine, and this is um, one that definitely was in our top 10. I can't remember whereabouts I had it in my top 10, should I say, originally, um, but it is a favorite. Uh, it's called A Losing Streak. It's from, it's episode three of season two. And for the longest time, I don't know why I always thought this. Um, I always used to remember this as being the introduction of Boise, but it's not. It's episode two, season one, is the introduction where we very first meet him. Yeah. Um, But I suppose he's just more of a presence in this one. And the funny thing is, is just because of how hideous the fashions were back then, he wears the exact same suit (laughs) in both episodes. He wears that horrible, like, kind of... It's just all brown, isn't it? He just looks like a fucking humbug or something like that, because he's got a dirty, like, creamy type bit of shirt on and everything else is just this really turd brown jacket and it's like brown's (laughs) just not a good colour it just doesn't work at all for me I'd never wear a brown no not at all
1: no um yeah I think the reason probably it's sort of in your head that it's the first episode with Boise I think it's first episode he was really prominent isn't it I mean he was in go west young man as we've just talked about with the e-type and that that was his introduction but we didn't really get to see him as a character so much, did we? He was introduced at the car lot and then pretty much then he was not in it again. Um, whereas this one, he is, no, he's the main character, I would say, isn't he? Other than Del. Yeah. And again,
0: I, I'm, we know Boise's an asshole anyway. <laughs> he's Boise, isn't he? But he's, like, he's a proper, <laughs> yeah. sinister little shit in this one.
1: Um, <laughs> Yeah, he is. He doesn't doesn't stop, does he, when Dale's literally about to lose everything, Boise does has no remorse or anything. He just takes and takes.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is. He's the right so just like you say it, conniving little sod. So basically the plot of this one is Dale's gotten into playing poker. Um and he's he's on a losing streak, hence the name of the episode. And he turns out he's always lo- losing to Boise. So they end up having one last game round the Trotter's house. Del was pretty much damn near brass here, but he manages to. He's really he fucking. He finds like a grand that he's like stuffed in the phone or something, some money that mum left them. Um,
1: yeah. He's, what, Rodney's like, where'd you get out? He's like, Busby sent me yeah. for younger people. You won't know who Busby is, but he used to like, I think it was telecom Advert, some big fucking bird thing, wasn't it? He was like the face of British Telecom yeah. back in the 80s. So yeah, but yeah, he's got like a grand shoved in the telephone. <laughs> yeah. So he comes out um,
0: and eventually. It gets to the point um, where they're on the last hand of cards. So Dell's lost everything. He's literally bet everything in his flat, the, the sofa, the chair,
1: um, you know, the TVs and everything. And Boyce is just about... the got his trigger's card, didn't he, at one point. And he's like, it's a good one. Boise's like, no, you must be joking, i sold it to yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's basically bet everything to Boise. And Boise's like, again,
0: like JT says, like, he's alright. right bastard in this. Like, Dale's literally lost every penny that he's got, everything he owns, and he's like, right, I'll just send the boys around in the morning to collect it, old Dale, boy. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, not, no remorse at all, is there? She's like, yeah, cool, I'll have all that then. <laughs> yeah. um, but then Dell whips out, like, a grand from the fucking phone, because he always has, like, a wad of cash stuffed away somewhere. Um, and he ends up beating Boycey, and it turns out that um, boise has um, been sort of like, he's got, like, a few cards up his sleeve, and he's been rigging the game, so Dell kind of rigs it back and gets back at Boise and he wins. And there's sort of an ongoing joke of a two-headed coin that goes on throughout the episode that's quite funny as well. But um, yeah. I just like this episode because, again, it's like the main episode. I really like Boise as a character, as much of an
1: asshole as he is. He is a great character. I love Boise. He's my favourite character. Yeah. Other than the Trotters, obviously. Yeah, I love him.
0: And even though he's like more sinister in this one, He obviously, and he's still a snidey bastard as time goes on, but in a more comical (laughs) way. I kind of like this because this is around the time we start to actually flesh out some of the side characters. Because Triggs in this one, you've got Boise in this one as well. Um, and it just kind of starts to show the kind of wider picture of Only Fools And again, it's just a good little storyline and it's easy to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, you had it very high up, I think, in the top 10. And I can't remember why we dropped it. I think, I don't know. just to accommodate something else I guess but it is a great episode and yeah it's one of the early episodes that I definitely would watch time and time again I mean there's a few but some of the early ones don't really stick in my mind or you know I mean I'll watch everything I'll I'll sit here and watch gold all day when they're on Um, but some I'll, I'll sort of pay more attention to than others and this is one that always grabs my attention Lovely stuff Definitely So if we move on to the next one, it's one we've both had, isn't it? Is our sort of and I don't know why it didn't make the top ten, it's weird. So we've both got it as one of our um sort of honorable mentions. Um and that's T for three. Yeah. Which uh was I believe series five and this was episode four? Am it was, I right? yeah, well
0: done. Good shout.
1: Bloody hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> How did I manage that? Well, that's because normally I write it down and still get it wrong. So <laughs> you can do a <laughs> actually no, I've got Wikipedia in front of me but I had to fucking quickly scroll down the screen to get what episode it was and it just says episode 35 because it's done them in actual list of full episodes rather than the series So, but yeah, we got there um, this is just a, another fun episode and it does have a bit of an iconic scene in it where Dale goes hang gliding, which I'm sure people who've watched all the Only Fools and Horses episodes will remember they might not remember the ep- episode itself, how he got there, or the title of it. Um but yeah, I mean it's got Triggs Trig's in it again. We get introduced to his niece Lisa, who Dale and Rodney both know from a few years ago. And when Trig first sort of says she's coming down, they're not interested, are they? They're like, yeah, what? they're like oh she was having a little turns goofy like, kid who was annoying and yeah.
0: stuff, aren't
1: they? She turns up in the nags head and uh, let's just say she's blossomed a bit in the la- since the last time they saw her. And then it, it turns out to them both trying to outdo each other to sort of, well, get yeah, with her, Win I her affections, um, as it were. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they both invite her around for dinner. <laughs> um, so Adele makes her a dinner in the in the way Adele can. And Rodney Hopper's cheese is his option. Yeah. Cause I, which always makes me laugh. I love, love
0: that. Adele comes in with, like, a bag of shopping. And he's like, oh, we'll set for our dinner with Lisa. i brought, you know... Uh, dream topping um, for dessert I've brought he's like goes out of this ma- a massive menu that he's probably just gone down to like Tesco and bought like a ready meal but for him it's obviously high cuisine and so what did you buy then Rodney yeah. choose
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the the crux of the episode is uh, Dale's selling these dodgy sunbeds um, which does Mike buy one off him in the end, Mike normally ends up buying his shit after saying he doesn't want it, it doesn't take much persuading does yeah. he he, he, Dale's always trying to sell him, so no, 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 I'll um, So anyway, Dale's selling his dodgy sunbeds, and Rodney decides to have a little bit of a top-up before Lisa comes round, and uh, he falls asleep, so Dale turns it, turns the timer up from half an hour to, like, is it two hours, four hours, yeah. or something stupid? So when Rodney wakes up, he basically, his face is peeding off pretty much, and it's bright red.
0: Yeah, he looks like a, looks um, like a traffic
1: light, pretty much. <laughs> Doesn't Dale say he looks like a swan veteran at one point? <laughs> She's wearing a fucking. When Lisa comes around, he's wearing that white suit, anyway, with this big red face. Uh, it, when he walks in, his mouth um, like
0: that. And um, Dale just looks at me, he's like, How? Oh, was he making a, a <laughs> reference to what really he Ruffle feather. Any wrestling fans out there, his face is so red, he looks like Brother Love. And if you don't know who that is, Google it and it'll pretty much be what Rodney looks like in a
1: bright white suit with a red face. I don't know who that is, but I imagine it's... Uh, you're very good at describing things. So I imagine you've hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> so Rodney has to pretty much um, sit there for the evening with Lisa and Dell with this big, bright red face looking like a bit of a dick. Dale's ribbing him the whole night. But then Dale, trying to impress Lisa, says he used to be a paratrooper. <laughs> um, and he goes on about how he did loads of drops and opened his chute at the last minute. Basically, obviously bullshit. Um, so then Lisa's about to go home and Rodney says, why don't we drive you back down to Hampshire tomorrow morning? So then, uh, he says, and it's Dell's, I think it's his 46th birthday is in it?" Coming yeah, up? I think that's, I think, I think that's what he says. And I don't know, I think it was his 46th birthday and he'd really like to go hang gliding because Lisa's mentioned she's in with these hang gliders. So he gets set up basically for, um, Dell to go hang gliding. Um, and Rodney completely stitches them up, this is the last thing Dale wants to do, and I'm totally with Dale on this, I don't know why the fuck he'd want to go hang gliding it just looks terrifying (laughs) to me I mean I don't like heights, I don't know how you stand on heights
0: I'm I'm not too fussed, I mean I I wouldn't go out of my way to go hang gliding Um, but they don't bother me as much as I know they actually bothers you
1: (laughs) No, it's just the bit at the end where um, Rodney sort of well, basically bullshits Dell saying, oh, I've got a plan to get you out of this. So I'll just say the car phone's ringing. Dell's like, we haven't even got a car phone. We haven't even got a bloody car. So they've got the van there and they've got this like normal phone, haven't they? And Rodney's going to pretend that it's a car phone. Yeah, because
0: I think, yeah, we have to see a so... them flogging like cordless home phones, don't they? So they just pretend it's the cordless part of it.
1: Yeah, so Dell Del was ready to go in his hang glider, and he's like, Yeah, he doesn't know, he doesn't know, don't want to do this. The guy who setting him up, Andy, I think his name is. Um, and then Dell was all ready to go, and he looks at Rodney and he shouts over, Is that our phone ringing, Rodney? Rodney's like, No. He's like, Are you sure? Yeah, we haven't got a car phone. So then Dell has to go hang gliding. Um, and uh, <laughs> obviously, it's not really. Uh, David Jason on the hang glider, but it's done quite well for like in the 1980s programme. It looks quite realistic. When he yeah, got... the way they cut away and then obviously they got the close-up of him where obviously they
0: were probably just like ruffling the the glider. as how to make it look like he was flying. But yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty well done, I think.
1: Yeah, so it turns out that um, Dale hasn't got a clue what he's doing. He ends up heading out to sea, which this is one bit that's always confused me. They say he's heading out to sea. So he's in Hampshire we you know near Winchester, apparently, which is not far from where I live, to be fair, um come and stalk me if you want um and then, when it cuts to the last scene, um Rodney's in the flat, Dell's been missing for hours, uh Trigger and Mike come in, they say they found Dell, so Dell's in a wheelchair now he says he hit a um was it t v area or something or some mast or something, and I think it's our is it Crawley way or somewhere like that, which is nowhere near the sea. That means he's gone up towards London yeah. way. So fuck knows what, like how he, how he did it, what way he went. If he's going out towards sea, he must have done a complete U-turn. Well, it's even
0: when they when, when anyway. they say
1: that scene, you know, when they, they do like the big,
0: um like the wide shot and they see him and, they, and Andy's like, Oh, he's going out to sea, but there's not even any sea in view. It's like, yeah, he, if you go one direction long enough, eventually you will find the ocean. But he's not like he's immediately going out into like the seaside area, is it?
1: No, exactly. I mean, geography-wise, if you're not in the UK, if he's near Winchester, if he's heading, he'd be heading down Southampton Way towards the sea, about half an hour away, Southampton. So I mean, it's not that far from the sea. But then to say he's hit some TV mast like near London somewhere, he's completely done a U-turn and gone 100 miles the other way. <laughs> But there you go. Maybe we're not supposed to think about that. But no, it's it's a good episode. Obviously, Dell blags it, pretending he's he's lost his, the use of his legs and stuff. He's in a wheelchair. Rodney doesn't believe him. Starts having a go at him. Dell jumps out of the wheelchair. So obviously, it was complete bullshit. But it's just it's just a funny episode, and we both I think we did both have it in our original top ten, and they got dropped for some reason. I don't know why. I can't remember why. Why I think it's did. just when you look at the caliber of episodes that we had in the top 10 at least obviously from
0: our opinions and such things like chain gang and that just maybe needed to be in there a little bit more um it's not that this episode was unworthy i just think you know it just came down to some hard choices
1: didn't it yeah it was difficult but obviously we both had this in our honorable mention so it it definitely is one of our favorites yeah and it does have some great
0: one line and i love um just because this is one where you really see del and rodney like how because even albert's like saying isn't he? he's like i've seen brothers turn on each other before because he says that's how him and grandad fell out wasn't it um
1: they didn't speak to each other yeah, for years over a woman on ada it's over albert's eventual yeah albert's eventual wife wasn't it they both were were trying to get her and albert ended up with her and grandad never spoke to him yeah, again it's that bit where um
0: just before Dell goes out on the hang glider like rodney's there and he's like proper pissed off and he's like get up nice and high Dell might get a suntan. And he's just still stood out there in the, yeah. the Hampshire
1: countryside, like bright red. It's a, <laughs> it is that. so yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's a good <laughs> episode. Yeah, every time someone first sees Rodney after that, they're like, are you okay? Because when he meets that Andy guy, the hand gliding guy, he's like, are you all right? And then when Trigg comes in with, um, Dell at the end, he looks at Rodney and he goes, are you all right? Rodney." Yeah. <laughs> well, it might be Mike who says it. One of them says it when they first notice his red face. But no, it's a, it's a good episode. It's a, so one of those sort of silly episodes, isn't it? But they both they both end up getting one up on each other, I guess. Rodney ends up winning more, I'd say. But yeah, yeah, it's one where actually Rodney really like calls the bullshit, doesn't he? And he? Cuts right through Dale because Dale obviously
0: pretends he's in a wheelchair and stuff. So he's called Trigger and Mike to come and get him, and they've got like a green line home. And it's like um, Trigger um, they actually think he's in a wheelchair, and at one point Trigger's like. I came and got you on the bus, but when you wanted a cigar, you maybe carry you up to the top deck. That can you allow to smoke <laughs> on them. It's like, yeah. man, Dell is actually yeah, right. such a con man. He always does it a trick, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think Mike might cotton on because Rodney obviously doesn't believe Dell from straight away when Dell's in a wheelchair saying he's been paralyzed. And Rodney does come out of a very good line when he says that they don't send paralyzed people home from hospital in a wheelchair on a mm. bus, which is quite true. I mean, if Dell has lost the use of his legs, they're not just going to let him bugger off home with Mike and Trigger, are they? A bit where, like,
0: Dell kind of like, he he just explodes. And he stands up and he charges over the rod and he grabs him by the throat and he's like, listen, you little git, I might never walk again. Then he just kind of freezes. And he's like, though I must admit, I am getting some feeling back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, definitely (laughs) worth it. Um, On my side of things, and this episode, again, it's not the greatest of episodes, Um, it is an older one. I like it just because I'm a fan of old-school horror, basically. It's called Friday the 14th, and it's kind of a bit of a silly parody of things like Cabin in the Woods, Friday the 13th, obviously, and the trotters go down on a fishing trip. I can't remember exactly where it is they're going. It might be going down like Cornwall way or something like that.
1: It's, it is Cornwall. It's Boise's um, summer home. Yeah, yeah, so they go
0: down to Boise's summer home. And as they get down there, they get stopped by the police and first thing Dell says is like, oh, if you're going to ask about the tax disc, the new ones in the post, obviously automatically blagging the fact that he hasn't <laughs> paid his road tax. And the um, the police officer just mentions there's a, an escaped lunatic on the loose. So if you see anything suspicious, make sure you call them because he's like an escaped axe murderer. Um, so straight away, like, um, granddad, sorry, and Rodney are like, Brick in it they was obviously trying to put on the brave bravado face and they go down to this this cabin it's pissing it down with rain like a proper old school horror movie lightning flashing
1: it's <laughs> really bad yeah movie. really bad like
0: someone's <laughs> out there with just like a really strong like torch but a lightning effect but it does the job and um yeah. this constable type guy knocks on the door and he comes in saying he's looking for um the murderer and then Dell nips out to the outside of Kazi, or Rodney does, and he opens the door and knocks out this kind of grisly-looking bloke who they believe is the murderer. So Grandad and Rodney bundle this guy into the car, drive him off to see the police when they leave Dell alone with a constable, who it turns out is actually the, the murderer, and he's knocked out some guy and stole his clothes. And it just sort of leaves Dell in this situation with this like, weird axe murderer, and they end up like... He's a bit of a lunatic, obviously, he's a murderer. But um <laughs> then he starts like, start playing they play like snooker or pool together without a pool table. And yeah. they're like playing this kind of like ghost version of snooker and Dell ends up like the guy's like, Oh, I don't like to I don't like to win. When you're a winner, everyone demands something of you. I wanna be a loser. So was like, All right, we'll start playing, playing like twenty quid a frame to get some money out of it.
1: Yeah. It's like I think he offers him a ten a frame and Dell's like, I think this isn't gonna turn out as bad as yeah. I thought. The guy if the guy's an escaped lunatic, he's he's knocked out the prison guard who he pretends to be, I think it is, or the chief of police, I think it is, actually. So, yeah, okay, he's probably got his wallet and some cash in his wallet, but I've always thought, this guy probably hasn't got any money on him. So jail, he's black, you're going to try and like blag him for 10, 10 quid <laughs> a frame, but if he's an escaped fucking axe murderer, he's not going to have like 100 quid in his wallet or whatever, is yeah,
0: he? Yeah, <laughs> it is a bit of a silly episode, Um, but I just like it because I just like the fact that he tried something a bit different and again it's a standalone episode it doesn't really do a lot it's never referenced again but it's quite an easy watch um, and as I say just from my particular perspective just because I like sort of like horror movies and growing up I was a huge fan of like the sort of slasher movies I just like the fact that he obviously did a little reference to some of them Um, there's another little I don't know if anyone remember it be especially not um, any younger listeners but there's a scene where a police helicopter goes over and the is like, oh, my God, what's that? And Dell pulls the curtains and goes, don't worry, it's Barrett's.
1: Yeah, that, that was the they were the home people, and they had the helicopter. Yeah. Is, there, is, yeah, that right? it's, is that right? Is that what I can remember from my childhood Yeah, and that was
0: always a commercial, wasn't it? Like the, the home...
1: Barrett's yeah. homes, wasn't it? Um,
0: but, yeah, yeah, again, it's, it's nothing special. I, it doesn't really... I wasn't too upset about losing this from the top ten. As I say, it's an episode that I think, if you like a certain type of movie just for a bit of nostalgia and a bit of fun. It's not a bad episode, but it's not one I would say you'd have to go out of your way to see. I just have a bit of a soft spot for it.
1: Yeah, it's quite a funny one. It's quite weird, actually, because I never used to like this episode too much, I must admit. It was never one that I was, like, that bothered about. And then I know we keep referencing gold, and I'm afraid, but that's it only fools and horses. I'm actually sat here while we're recording this, Gold's on in front of me and Only Fools and Horses is on Gold hey, right now. What episode? Um, uh, hey, dates. So What an episode. Yeah. So this is an episode that never really did it for me. I'm not saying first time. 1983, I can't remember the first time it was on. But it's been on Gold quite a bit, sort of in the last year or so. And I've picked up on it and watched it a few times and it's definitely grown on me. And I can see why you've got it in there. It is... Because it's totally different to most of the Only Fools and episode. For a start, ninety-nine percent of it's filmed away from yeah. the flat. Um, it's just totally different, and yeah, I, I get why it's in there. It's it's actually quite a clever episode. So yeah, no, I I, I know why it's in there now. It's quite dark as well, right? I mean, it's not scary. It's not a horror film or anything, but it, it's obviously it's all filmed at night, pretty much, isn't yeah. it? And it's. Pissing down the rain with the poor fake lightning. It's just it's quite a dark sort of episode. It is, yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's like it's it's as it's
0: close to being obviously because Only Falls is for the most part a PG show, I believe. Um, or always was. Um. Yeah. And again, it's like, like I say, it's kind of like a parody of the old slasher movies. Um, so it is as dark as it can be without obviously being offensive. Um, when I say the word offensive I don't mean snowflake offensive just offensive on purpose as it were
1: yeah no I I agree and um, like I say the more I've watched it recently I've watched it a few times sort of this year even it's been on quite a bit and obviously with lockdown I've been sat indoors quite a bit working from home and it's been on in the background and um, yeah it has grown on me totally I can see why you've got it as one of your faves so I I'll um, I'll chip in with another one. Now, this was very high on my top ten. I think it was possibly number two or three in my top ten, and then we ended up dropping it all together basically because it's another episode from series <laughs> six, and it was getting a bit silly. It might as well have just been every episode from series six and then four other <laughs> ones that we picked in, yeah. you know, from other other series. So we we had a, a mutual decision to drop this one, um, but it is the unlucky winner is now this is one I definitely remember watching first time around when it was originally aired, 1989. So, yeah, it's just... It's another pretty silly episode. Um, but it's also got the ongoing story arc of Dale... Dale Rodney and Cassandra. Um, you know, they're starting to sort of really... sort of blossom now, their relationship, isn't it, in this one? Um, they end up basically... Dale's been entering loads and loads of competitions. I'm sure everyone knows this one. It's quite a famous episode, I would say. And he enters a cornflake competition where you had to submit a painting. And Rodney's been talking to Cassandra about the fact he used to like painting and stuff when he was at school. So Dale submits an old painting that Rodney's done when he was 14. And it wins. And they win a holiday to Mallorca. Um, so Dale... Burst into the nags, Edward, uh, Rodney and Cassandra are having lunch. Really excited they've won this holiday. But it's a holiday for three, which confuses Rodney straight away. Holiday for three, that's a bit fucking weird, which is true. They're always holidays for two, as Rodney says. Um, so there's a lot of banter in the pub. Brilliant scenes. Um, won't go into depth. It's not a review, but excellent scenes between Dale and Rodney in the pub. One of my favourite sort of interactions between them and the Whole of Only Fools and Horses happened in this episode. Um, so they end up in Mallorca, and it turns out Rodney has won this competition, but they think he's 14, so it was a child's competition. So Dale and Cassandra have to pretend to be his dad and step and it's just its quite stupid. Rodney's uh, entered into the groovy gang, <laughs> which is like a little thing the holiday company have done for to, to the kids. So he's off skateboarding and break dancing and stuff and doing all these random things while um, obviously Dale and Cassandra, who aren't together, have to pretend to be common law partners. And it's just it's quite stupid. It's very well written, though. turns out that Dale's got uh, lottery tickets for everyone and Rodney's ticket wins. But unfortunately, you have to be over 18 to uh, enter the Spanish lottery. And obviously everyone thinks he's 14. So they could have won a million pesetas, which I don't think. I did Google this once. So I think it's only about six grand. It's not a massive amount then, of money. It would have but been alright. Be nice for nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even now, I wouldn't say no if someone put six grand in my pocket. Um, but it turns out, obviously, and Dell has forged all of Rodney's—he's forged his passport <laughs> and all his documents to show that he's, he's fourteen. So, like, yeah, yeah, it's for once for Dell. So again, in the end. That would fuck all. But it's just. a it's a silly episode, but it's it's fun. It shows uh, Rodney and Cassandra, their relationship sort of coming along a little bit now. Rodney actually thinks they might be able to, uh, well, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, he thinks they, they might be able to take their relationship to the next plateau, yeah. shall we say, while they're in Mallorca, which never actually happens. A bit of a lone like time in Adele. the hotel room <laughs> is what he's looking for, really. Yeah, there Adele's, uh, <laughs> the scene about the condoms and that in the pub just <laughs> always gets me. <laughs> when um, you, Dale, what's it? Rodney says there's a stigma attached, and Dale's like, "That's all right. You take <laughs> that bit off or something." <laughs> fucking stupid. There's, been, there's another bit in the pub as well,
0: and I think we've discussed this in the past. But Rodney goes like so high pitched at one point. In that pub. Oh, he does. Yeah. Because isn't it when Dale's was like explaining, <laughs> he's like, "You um, won, <laughs> you won the competition." And Cassandra's like, "You clever old thing. I didn't know you entered any." <laughs> and Rodney's like, "I oh, know." <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's like, I oh know! <laughs> yeah, really high-pitched. I, that that whole scene in the pub, to be fair, although when they get to Mallorca, that's when the episode really kicks on. I prefer the scenes yeah. before. The bits where Rodney and that are in the flat with Cassandra. Dell comes in. Albert's there as well. Rodney thinks he's basically going to be alone with Cassandra. It turns out that Albert and Dell have both got dates lined up as well and they're all going to the flat. So, who, yeah, it, uh, that whole bit before they even get to New York, the way it sets the episode up is my favorite. Yeah, no, part. it's really good. There's some, like you said, there's some great dialogue, especially in the pub, but
0: that whole build up is great. It is a really, really good episode. And I know, like you said, you know, people may not remember the name, but the Groovy Gang sticks with so many people. My, actually, at work, um, <laughs> me, me and my boss, um, we were setting up a new, um, kind of basically for each area in the business we were looking um people to have like a certain champion to do certain things in the area that would report information to us basically and they were like we got to come up with a name for it and we were both yeah. like let's call it the groovy gang which obviously never happened my md <laughs> wouldn't sign off on that we wanted to call people <laughs> the groovy gang but even then just like the <laughs> references from only Fool was always kind of come through and it's like people yeah certain episodes i think you know the name or maybe the full plot doesn't always resonate with people they don't remember it but there's certain things that will just make people twig and i think the groovy gang is one of them
1: oh definitely groovy gang yeah i could say that to quite a few people and they'd be like only fools and horses it's one thing they would definitely it's like anytime remember. you mentioned margate to someone yeah. the
0: first thing they always think is oh yeah jolly boy's out and a little beano down to margate and only fools yeah
1: it is. I think that's on gold tonight as well, so I might have to uh, celebrate Christmas. Best way to celebrate that. Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's um just before we move on to the next one, one of my favourite Del Boy lines ever is in this episode, and it's a bit of an undercover line. I mean, it's not if if you know what he's on about, you'll get it. If you don't, you won't. It's when they're trying to get Rodney onto the Groovy Gang bus, and um the the guy, the holiday guide, who I can't remember his name. To be fair, off the top of my head. And he's like, "Is he not a good mixer?" And Dale's like, "Good mixer." He's like a Kenwood yeah. chef when he gets going. I fucking, I just fucking love that line. It's just so good. And if you don't know what a Kenwood chef is, Google it. Yeah, it's, good. it's fucking brilliant. Say it's kind of like a an under not underhanded, but yeah, it's a bit of a
0: sly one-liner, isn't it? Really,
1: so. <laughs> always uh, cracks me up. That line. no, that
0: is is a bloody good episode, and again deserving of being in the top ten um and it was a shame to drop it out but definitely definitely a great episode highly recommend anyone obviously um if you've got the box set or if you're getting it or want to watch an episode it's definitely one to watch it's full of laughs definitely so um looking we're nearly sort of wrapped up i think and um from what i'm looking at but one that i quite like and again could have been in the top 10 because it's got like a few famous lines that people who remember Probably a few sketchy bits as well from the PC crowd out there, but um, one called "From Prussia with Love," which was uh, the first episode of season five.
1: Where, uh... yeah, I think sorry, I was going to say I think we both might have had this in our top ten, or I'm sure, I'm sure we did. And then again, it was dropped for whatever reason. Yeah, um, and it is it is a good fun episode. Um, it's (laughs) one of
0: the best lines from Albert is right at the start, near enough right at the start of this this episode um so they're in they start off in the nags Head, and they there's a young girl sat there um and she sort of just sort of sat behind the table she has got around her rack and a few bags around her she looks in distress and mike's saying to him you know this girl she's been sat here i can't get through to her i don't think she speaks um english i don't know where she's from so del goes over there with um Rodney and they ascertain that she's German basically. So Albert's like, I can speak a bit of German, I was over there during the war. So Dale's like, Yeah, yeah, that's right. Go and go and ask, you know, what her name is, where she's from, if she's all right. And Albert just walks up and he's like, What is your name?
1: It's just a classic a... Albert line, isn't it? He's like what, is your...? like, what is your name? You're having a fucking
0: laugh. <laughs> and it's just the expression on his face when he says it. It's just like, fuck off, Albert, for God's sake. Um, and then, then she turns around and goes, does anyone speak English? And was like, English, you saucy tart. We invented the lingo. <laughs> just completely.
1: <laughs> but um... Yeah, he does. But yeah, it's... Um... It is a a brilliant episode. Just thinking about it now, and I'm not sure why it didn't make the top ten. There were reasons, obviously. We discussed it all, Um, but I'm just looking now about the woman who played Anna, Erica Hoffman. Just wondering if she was actually was she actually German? No, she's English actress. Yeah, the accent accent sounds fairly
0: convincing. She speaks English, but obviously with the accent, she doesn't speak like German all the way through it.
1: yeah, because at one point she, she speaks fluent uh, French as well, doesn't she? When Dell tries a bit of his shitty French on her, she like literally comes back to him in fluent French. And Dell's like, no, she don't speak French either. <laughs> um, so basically, Rodney starts chatting to
0: her and it turns out that she's been kicked out. She's one of these students that have come over um, and where she was staying, she's been kicked out of the house. And now she's got nowhere to stay. And she can't find a hotel in the area, so Rodney's like, Oh, I'll help you find an area, um a hotel and make sure you get safely to your room. He thinks he's pulled basically. Oh, his eyes light up, don't they? Yeah, he, he thinks he's winning well um, there. <laughs> so Del and Albert, they they shoot off and they leave um Rodney with a van to get this girl to wherever he's gonna get her. And then she stands up from behind the table and you see that she's heavily pregnant, and <laughs> Rodney's face just completely drops, like he's got like a hot chip in his mouth, isn't it? <laughs>
1: I like um Mike and Maureen as well behind the bar. They they obviously have clocked in they notice pregnancy's been in there forever long like, before the trotters came in. And they're they're just both fucking smirking. They like they, they know Rodney's. Completely yeah, and Rodney often up. turns to say something to him and then just thinks there's
0: better of it and wanders off. Um so basically this <laughs> the episode story, um just to put it briefly, um she's a student, she moved um the people she was staying at, she slept with their son got pregnant they kicked her out she's come now to the trotters flat and del being Dell, realizes that um she doesn't want the baby she can't go home because her family will kind of see it as a disgrace so she thinks she'll stay here she'll put the baby up for adoption then she'll go back to germany so del boy decides he can make some money by selling the baby to marlene and boise who can't have kids at this stage we believe it is, it's just yeah. so wrong, isn't it? When you actually analyse it, fucking how wrong is it? <laughs> yeah, because they're like, Rodney and Albert are like, completely against it. And Albert's kind of like, tutting. And, <laughs> and was it like, Del Boy's like, um, what am I supposed to do? You know, I need to help someone out. Don't talk to me, son. I ain't ever flogged a baby
1: before. And then it just does that stupid head movement
0: and storms off or something. So,
1: yeah. I mean, Dale, Dale's had some dodgy ideas in his time, but this is probably... Well, I just don't get works, how this would, it. even back then, how this would have, like, would fly.
0: Because Boise's, like, um says to Marlene, because Marlene's obviously well up for the idea, she really wants a kid. um, And they're like, oh, we could, you know, we could go away and stay in one of our houses and, you know, pretend, you know, that it was ours and everything, we'll go on, like, an extended trip. So Boise kind of unwillingly goes into it, and Dell's going to charge him like seven grand or something for the hassle.
1: The I think it's only like three grand, I think, because Rodney Rodney's obviously properly against the idea when they're at the Boise's house discussing it, and uh, he's like, you're going to earn out of this, aren't you? And Dell gives him that whole, how dare you and stuff. I'm just doing this to help Marlene and Boise and help Anna out, because she wants a baby adopted. And then Boise turns around and goes, how much is this going to cost me? And I think Dell's something like, just my petrol and Anna's air you know, tickets home and stuff, yeah. Three grand yeah. should cover it, and I'm like, you know, I mean, back then, when was this 1986? But three grand isn't a lot. I mean, as Albert says, I ain't never flogged a baby, but three grand, fucking hell, that's yeah, I <laughs> don't know. Anyway. All the legal issues you get into <laughs> yeah. if you know they were caught don't doing you. it and stuff, it's just
0: it's, <laughs> oh, it's just weird, isn't it? But um, basically, Anna has the baby, she's fallen in love with it, as you know, see mothers do once they've had a kid. Boise and Marlene are waiting at the flat to purchase their kid. <laughs> they sort of come in, and Rodney's like trying to say something to Del. He's like, "Dell, I got to, you know, I got to tell you something." And Del was like, "No, no, no, we just need to, you know, we need to do this deal." And he kind of, at one point, he's like, "The deal's off. I can't go through with it because you know, I don't." He kind of has a change of heart, doesn't he? Boise and Marlene, yeah, thought, like they're approaching the babies in its little carrier. Marlene and Boise go to have a look. And Del's like, um, the deal's off, boy. Seeing boy like, is that right, Del boy? The deal's off. Too bloody right, it's off. And um Dell <laughs> looks in the crib and his his face sort of drops, and Rodney's like got his dopey grin on. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's that's what I meant to tell you, um, Dell, when we were out there. You see, Anna's old employers came over to England in like 19, in like 18, whatever, from the West Indies. So basically she's had a, a black baby that <laughs> Dell's obviously looking to flogged up Boise and Marlene, and it's just like... I don't even know if you'd be able to pull this sort of joke or stunt anymore <laughs> on a TV show, but it, the way it's all sort of comes together is quite good.
1: I mean, yeah. If, 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 ugh, Only Fools and Horses, I mean, it, it's great and stuff, but if, if that snowflake who didn't like the first episode, if oh, they'd God, have fucking watched like this it, one, my they? God, then they would probably tried to bang up the fucking cast for even being in this programme. Because, you know... Uh, if you look at it from a whole moral point of view, it isn't it's about really exactly like, wrong,
0: yeah, like, but... even like from Delboy standards, <laughs> it's
1: you know it's pretty rinky dink, isn't it? Yeah. I mean also he tells Boise it's a boy and it turns out it's a yeah, girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as well, before before Boyce even finds out it's a black baby, and then <laughs> Boise says, Oh, everything you <laughs> get from him's got something missing. Yeah, because one of the ways he's trying to kind of like
0: sell the idea to Boise, it's like you want a son and heir for your kind of like second-hand business empire and stuff, so obviously that kind of, again, peaks Boy. do you know it was in that scene when he's speaking to Boise, Boise's got like the most, it's like um the yellowest cardigan I think I've ever seen in my life, it just doesn't look right and he's got like pastel green
1: chinos yeah. on as well,
0: it's like, what the fuck you dressed me this morning? <laughs> he looks like <laughs> he looks like
1: a slice <laughs> of Battenberg you <laughs> know.
0: It's like fucking Roy Cropper's stunt double <laughs> on
1: bloody coronation street, but it's a strange yeah. combination. <laughs> He's gone from like his fucking <laughs> shit brown diarrhea suits to fucking Battenberg. Clothes. Uh, but yeah, it's just
0: some of the fashions that
1: appear in this show. Yeah. I mean, I know it's obviously sign of the
0: times, wasn't it, really? But um yeah, just some of the outfits are great. But um it is a very tongue-in-cheek episode, like as JT said. There's nothing morally right about the story that's going on in this it's not meant to be offensive, obviously. It's just it's done all in good comedy. But when you actually break down the plot, you think they're basically just taking some child and trying you know to flog it
1: to their mate. Obviously, I've always known this is wrong and selling babies and stuff. But just sitting here now talking about it to you just <laughs> really hit home. It is. its wrong this episode. Yeah, when you, yeah, you break it down, it's like, man, this is like, you know, lifetime in prison shit going on, you know. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> But because it's only Fools and it is all tongue-in-cheek. It's just like, you know, I'm not a snowflake. I know this is wrong, but it's still funny. Yeah, exactly. It's and, serious, it's like, and at the end of it? the day, it's
0: a happy ending because Boise and Marlene, um, they, don't, they don't obviously take the kid. Anna keeps the child. Um, and we never kind of hear any more of it again. Like Anna's not a reoccurring character. We assume she just went back to Germany with her child.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, it's never mentioned again. Like, quite a lot of these things in Only Fools and Horses, it's a standalone episode. The baby, Anna, never referenced again. Even Boise and Marlene no, never brings again, up again, like, do they? There's it's always that kind of
0: about. mention of, like, you know, all the times that Dell or Boise have tucked each other up. And sometimes when, like, you see Boise being a bit of a cop to Del, and it's like, you've tucked me up before. And it's like, when you think back to all the times, like, ones like this that Dell's done, it's like, I actually, if I was Boise, I wouldn't trust him either.
1: No, but no, they don't trust each other, do they? They they both always had it. Like we've we've discussed this pretty much week in, week out. That it's a love hate relationship. Yeah, I think it's just they them, came up it?
0: together, they kind of they have that odd friendship, don't they? But they are basically just <laughs> just basically dicks to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I was watching uh again, going back to the things on gold, Strangers on the Shore was on last night. I was watching it while I was eating my tea. And even then when boyce has been kicked out of his house and stuff, Dell just doesn't want him there, does he? And more to the point, Raquel. Yeah, Raquel, Boise generally Raquel hates, hates Because Boise. he was like such a shit.
0: prick to it like from day one, wasn't he? Basically, when they found out he, he was a,
1: a stripper as it yeah. were to begin with. Yeah, so yeah, there's always that thing when um Boise's like literally begging Dell to let him stay. He's like on your bike, Boise. So I mean this is obviously that's one of the last specials. I think it's the second and yeah. last episode they ever filmed. So even 20 years later. They've still got that love-hate relationship going on.
0: Yeah. Um, so I've only got one more that comes to mind. Do you have any more that you'd like to mention, JT?
1: Not episodes as such. I mean, I, w- I was just going to mention the touch of glass mm-hmm. with the, the chandelier. Because the e- episode itself, now, a little bit of a thing here, disclaimer. We recorded the first ever episode of this, which no one's ever going to hear. I don't even think don't Brad think rolls think probably been, uh... still got it now. Um. When before we decided to do a joint top ten, before we actually sobered up and realised that we were going to clash quite a bit, so we scrapped the original idea. I had Touch of Glass as number ten in my top ten, but it was all based around that one chandelier scene because the rest of the episode is instantly forgettable. Uh, and there's a few quite funny one-liners and quips and stuff from various characters, but obviously the chandelier scene, everyone knows. It's- one of the classic scenes of British comedy throughout, not just Only Fools and Horses. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I could talk about every episode. We could go on all night. So I singled out these three, really, as three that were originally pretty much in my top ten, apart from Touch of Glass. So, no, I'm, I'm all good, I think, on, on that respect. Like I say, I could talk about every episode because every episode's got a funny moment, even the ones I'm not particularly keen on still have yeah, a good moments. But I've chosen I've chosen standout episodes in my mind rather than just scenes or lines. Otherwise I could say it, it would be a twenty four hour podcast. Yeah, and like you
0: say, the, the chandelier scene is iconic. Um I believe Only Falls um is quite popular over in the States, at least on the East Coast. Um so again I'd say like,
1: like Yeah, think they like us though, don't I
0: they? I think they they have, like um, the UK. I think they have a they channel with UK like comedy. You know, um, Channel like England TV or something, so it's got like our best shows. I know they watch like EastEnders and everything, and they get it all over there. So I'd imagine that is like a comedy.
1: Yeah, I know, oh, bloody yeah. I wonder, like the, the world. <laughs> I hope that's what they probably yeah. think. We're all like that. We're all <laughs> oh, Danny God. Dyer. perish of thought, but yeah, I'd <laughs> say that
0: chandelier scene has to be. You know, like you say, it's definitely British comedy. Yes, but I'd say it's up there with like any comedy show anywhere. Basically, it's the timing of it, the the whole way it's set up. Is so good, and like you say, the rest of the episode, you've got the ridge mirrors, and they're just yeah. kind of throw away. The only other bit in this episode you've got this quite amusing is the fact that Dellboy just brought a bunch of um porcelain cats that's seeing how much is that doggy in the window, which is difficult. Delboy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole setup to that scene is it's quite cleverly done, but it's instantly forgettable. And I think we discussed it on the uh unheard episode that. If you were to ask anyone who doesn't really know any fools like we do how they got to the point of that chandelier yeah. scene, yeah. no one remember. What was the reason remember. for them
0: being there? Why were they in that situation in the first place?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad episode, don't get me wrong, but I think it's, it's 29 minutes geared up for the last yeah. what, minute of the whole episode? So yeah, I, I didn't think in the end it was worthy. When I went back and analysed the whole episode, it's it's instantly forgettable, as good as it is. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's a fair point. Um, and again, the only one I can really mention, I think overall this is actually a pretty good episode. The second part is probably the better part of it, but um, it's May the Force Be With You, which is episode five of season three. And the reason this episode, I think some pretty much it lines up with what our number one episode was overall but this was the introduction of roy slater we had like the the, the slater trilogy as it were it started with this one then he was in strangers on the shore which was a special then it all kind of came to a head in class of 62 and again i just think this is quite a good one because slater is dale's nemesis this is his introduction you see what a bastard he is there's some great dialogue um especially yeah. when he's trying to get the witness statements because he nicks them for having a stolen microwave oven. And then he takes them all in and gets three separate sta- statements of what the thief looked like. Cause they say, um, it was, um, they found mm-hmm. it, they saw someone trying to rob it and then they sort of like picked it up after the guide sort of dropped it or something. And just, just the statement is all completely different. And then when like Slate is, I read him back his, um, statement, he's like, I'm looking for like a, a seven foot two dwarf. Um, He's got like a skinhead mullet. <laughs> He's an albino. He's blacker than Newgate's knocker or something like that. And it's just like these three completely different.
1: Yeah. Again,
0: complete.
1: Completely Yeah, exactly. NPCs, you know? oh, and, but again, <laughs> it's
0: just, it is a good episode because um, Dell kind of wins this one as well. It's the way you kind of see this rivalry. Even though it's the first episode, you automatically know that Roy and Dell just absolutely hate each other. And a little kind of bit of psychological warfare they kind of have. Yeah throughout the latter part of this episode before Dell kind of eventually gets to one up in this case um i think is really well written and again i just think cuz S- Slater is such an important character yeah. even though he's in three episodes this has to be mentioned because it is quite a um important episode just for that reason
1: yeah i agree and as we had uh, class of 62 at number 1 then yeah Slater did sort of his introduction sort of did need to be mentioned just to correct you the there back yeah, to sorry, back yeah the special that Slater's in. It's because I mentioned Strangers in on the Shore earlier. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah he's uh, dialing back, <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's a good episode, actually, um, and it's, it's very well written. Dale, Dale actually, for once, thinks about something and it actually works, which is yeah. quite rare. You know, he actually th- he thinks about getting the immunity and stuff and everything. If he tells Slater who nicked the microwave and properly leads him on to the fact that Dell's a yeah, person to Nick the Michael, Slater,
0: Again, we know he's an,
1: a nasty bastard. Um Jim Broadbent plays him perfectly.
0: Um but he's like he's laying it on. He's like, you know, you think Dell, you're gonna go down into prison. Rodney, he's only young, but he's already got a record for obviously um smoking his exotic tobacco and his Basingstoke College. So he's gonna go down. That means your granddad's gonna be left on the estate on his own. <laughs> nasty place for an old man. Lots of bad things could happen. He really like lays it on to Dell, don't he? He's like he's being like, yeah, yeah. And you can tell he's yeah, he enjoying does. it as well. He's like licking his lips almost. He's like, finally gonna get Dell. I'm gonna get him put away and fuck <laughs> up his life, basically. And um, you can sort of see that's probably why Dell takes this more seriously than he does with most things, and he kind of actually thinks of a plan.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's gonna stitch Rodney and Grandad up as well. You know, grandad inadvertently being on his own on the estate, but it's quite funny as well. The way things have progressed, I mean, this episode's what thirty something years old. I mean, today if you got done for receiving a stolen exactly. microwave, you get a slap on the wrist. <laughs> and he yeah, exactly. He's on about him going down for it. I mean, yeah, because I think even um, <laughs> I
0: can't remember if it's this one or not. Um, yeah, it must be this one. I can't remember what slate is. Um, like a little his um's buddy called his apprentice. Terry, oh, yeah, young no, Terry, because was um, like, what's going to happen to whoever does this? Cause like you say, it's not a um, particularly bad crime, but he's like, well, Slater's obviously looking for promotion, so that cabinet right. over there is full of unsolved cases and he would pin the whole lot on this person and get a promotion and, you know, he'd make himself look like, a, you know, fucking hero or something, but he would pin, like, all these unsolved crimes on this guy and make he really, like, lays it on thick, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: I like the way as well that it is Terry. Terry, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is Terry, isn't it? Um, Slater's, Slater's little sidekick. He fucking hates him, and yeah. he's the one who ends yeah, he up him, doesn't him up, he? Didn't he? He gets him busted. Yeah. I, I like the fact that he comes back, and dell has got a lot of time for him, is not he? Dell quite likes him. I mean, Dale mentions a few times, I think even in this episode, that he knows a lot of coppers. He doesn't like yeah. them, but they all play a fair game. I think yeah, he's got a bit of time for the, Terry, hasn't um, he? The cafe, because it's obviously, I think, supposed to be...
0: Is this the one where they're in the cafe. No, that's um, yeah, but even no, in that one be there, Hollenback, like, um, isn't it? Dale boy's like whispering to Rodney, and he's like, you know, careful, you know, um, Slater's a you know rotten bastard, and then Terry comes and sits down, and even he says it, goes, you to be careful, he's a rotten bastard,
1: yeah. <laughs> he says exactly the same thing, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly the same thing. So yeah, D- Dale and Terry have got a bit of a bit of a bond there, even though Terry's a copper. He um, yeah they got a bit of mutual respect, I think. Yeah, so
0: um, that pretty much concludes our honourable mentions. Um, as we sort of like alluded to here, you know, it was a tough decision to actually break down ten favourite episodes from such a great show. Um, and regardless as to what people think obviously I know culture has changed a lot over the years, and you know, some people just overreact because that's just the nature of the world we live in at the moment. But again, I don't think. Only Falls is considered, should be considered an offensive show. I think it is just great comedy, British comedy, especially at its finest. And you probably wouldn't go wrong with any of the episodes you watch, but we hope you've liked our list so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you say, times have changed and people have to realize that this was written, you know, some of these episodes are 40 years old now, nearly. So things were a lot different back then. Maybe they weren't right, but that's how society was back then um and there were 64 regular episodes in total so yeah. to get it down to 10 was bloody difficult and you know we we didn't argue at all it was a very amicable decision but it was difficult even even between two really good friends to get it down to a top 10 so we hope you kind of didn't have to agree we weren't expecting people to agree but we hope you sort of saw why we chose the episodes we chose and these ones as well that didn't quite make it but are definitely Absolutely. worth mentioning and um As you mentioned at the start, we do have some different content
0: coming to you. We're going to put a hold on Only Fools for now. We will probably return with some different Only Fools and Horse content down the line. Um, But starting next year to see us into the new year, we're going to have a look back at, because 2020 has been a hard year for a lot of people um, for various different reasons. Um, So we're going to look back at some of the things, the movies, the TV shows, some of the music and some of the video games that we played or saw during that during this year 2020 that we enjoy that kind of you know kept us entertained and gave us that escapism that we needed to take us away from all the shit because that's what it all is at the end of the day whether you watch tv whether you play games or watch movies listen to music it's all escapism you know there's no room for fucking political agendas or any of that shit in entertainment it's there to entertain us and take us away from all the bullshit we have to deal with so hopefully we're gonna highlight some decent stuff that we saw and enjoyed this year that maybe you might have overlooked or gone under the radar that you might want to check out yourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like like Roll just said, this has been a shitstorm of a year and for many reasons. Um COVID <laughs> not even being one of them in my life to be honest. But yeah, I mean COVID's just been there in the background. Everything else has been going tits up around it. Um but yeah, there's been there has been some good points of twenty twenty, without a doubt. Um and some of the things i've certainly watched in 2020 or listened to might not have even come out this year some might be a little bit older but just things that we've enjoyed i've enjoyed we're just going to sort of discuss that and just try and maybe bring a bit of light and let's hope 2021 is a damn sight better yeah yeah i'll definitely drink to that been. and
0: um at the time of this episode going out as we say christmas would have passed um so we hope you had a good one but uh, New Year celebrations won't be too far away. So I'd like to wish you a happy New Year. And uh, as JT said, let's just hope 2021 brings a bit more positivity and light to a lot of people's lives. Because I think we've had as much as we can fucking stomach
1: of 2020 for various reasons. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't say it better myself, Red One week left of this shitstorm. And then, you know, onwards and upwards, as they say. So Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening Thank you for your Twitter comments and stuff. There's been a few. i try to answer them. Um, yeah, have a great new year. And uh, Bonjour. onwards and upwards. Bonjour.